0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Frank Carraway. And Lisa Case. What's
1: up guys, this is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight.
0: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
2: Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Okay. i amazing. It's radio. Okay.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. I'm back. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Kid Presentable.
0: More sports to talk about.
1: Finally, also joining me, my Civ Civ 6 partner now, Lavender Gooms.
2: Happy Memorial Day, guys.
1: Exactly. Mike and I celebrating Memorial Day by invading countries in a video game.
2: Well... Bobby was invading a bunch of countries, and since we're on the same team in Civ 6, I incurred all of the warmongering penalties. So look, thank you, Bob.
1: Look, I'm just saying, if I can't invade Germany on Memorial Day, when is the correct time to invade Germany?
2: Okay. Mike is just trying to develop
1: culture, you know, the arts. Look, I'm just saying, last time I played with this man, he started three world wars. Three. <laughs> three different ones. All right. <laughs> I invade one, I invade invade Germany once and I'm getting attitude. Um, I'm back this week. Missed the show last week. Uh, late notice to the boys here, but they handled it well. I made them talk about MMA too. Normally when I don't show up is when there's not a lot of MMA going on. They had to talk about two events, not even pay per views. So, uh, thanks guys for taking care of that. Uh, a little more house, a little more housekeeping. I'm sure you guys have heard the big news about, you know, the big news in podcasting, you know, ...is about Spotify this week, and we're here to confirm the rumors. I mean, we are going to Spotify. We already are on Spotify, actually. Um, Not an exclusive deal. It didn't matter how much money they threw at us. We know some of you want to use your Apple Podcasts. You want to use your Pocket Casts. You want to use that other app I was using before I found Pocket Casts. The The one of you, I know it's one because of how many plays we get on this fucking thing, who's on Google Play Music... You know, you can still use it. No, jokes aside, we're on Spotify now. I know a lot of you guys were on uh, use Spotify now as your podcasting app. Um, as someone who had never used it before, I was actually pretty impressed with it for that service. Um, I've been using Pocket Cast for like five years as an Android guy. But anyway, you can find us on Spotify. Uh, it's i amazing. Please follow us there. Uh, you can download, stream, all that jazz. Um, anyway, um, I come back, and there's an MMA card that they put appear to put together in about 20 minutes. Um, we don't know who's trained, who's not trained. We know one guy fought two weeks ago, Mark, in Kevin Holland. Yeah, that was weird. We're like looking at Wikipedia like, this can't be right. And we go to MMA Junkie, we're like, nope, that can't be right either. Oh, wait, the well, UFC website says he's fighting too. Too uh, many sources. Too many sources. We're like, well, I guess he's fighting. We got Kevin Holland on this card. We got Stefan's favorite heavyweight. I'm not even being funny. It's his favorite heavyweight. Blagoy Ivanov is on this card. Um Mackenzie Dern um making her uh oh I thought she I didn't know she fought already since she came back from pregnancy. Mackenzie Dern's second fight since coming back from having a child. Uh Caitlin Chukasian seeing if she can uh lose to both Shevchenko sisters. Um look, this card is real thin. Real fucking thin. But the main event is uh gangbusters, quite frankly. Uh Tyron Woodley. Uh, the former welterweight champion. Uh, Marcus and I actually talked about this, how Tyron hasn't fought since uh, since he lost that belt.
3: Yeah, been a long time.
1: Yeah. Um, taking on Gilbert Burns, uh, who's been on a bit of a roll, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Gilbert Burns has won five straight. Just knocked out my guy Damian Maya, which hurt my soul a little bit. Um, five straight wins since losing to Dan Hooker. Um, he's won seven of eight overall. Um... He's kind of reached, you know, a man who's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, second-degree black belt under uh, Rafael Barros. Really, his game coming together. He's 33 years old, hitting his peak. Dourinho, quite frankly, Steph, if he wins this thing, it's probably going to get himself. But I'd say, like, there's rules here. But if if logic applied, he'd get a title shot if he won this fight.
0: I mean, yeah, Ty- Tyron was a pretty good champion there. Um, you know, and uh, though it was kind of one-sided... Uh, You know, it was still a competitive fight. He didn't get finished against Kamaru when he lost his belt. So, yeah, that'll be the biggest name uh, to this date, you know. And there's not like there's a lot of fights going on. So no one really has momentum right now. Whoever wins a fight, you're the most recent fight we've probably seen in a bit.
1: Yeah. And, Mike, how many wins do you think Tyron Woodley needs to get before Dana White gets him another title shot?
2: I guess it depends on how well the relationship is right now. I mean, it's been almost two years since he's fought. So um, twelve, he's willing to fight. 30, I mean, he's willing to fight right now in these uh, COVID times. 10? So maybe, I don't <laughs> know. Man. Like, I'm assuming Dana. You know, he's he's evolved as a human being. You know, and as a person. I don't know. I'm, I'm bullshitting. I'm gonna say
1: like three fights. I think Mike says few sometimes, wants. so I make facial expressions that are just weird. Dana's evolved as a human being. Um, yeah, Tyron Woodley. Um, Mark, I don't think he's washed necessarily. The man was just a champion. He had a bad night against Kamaru Usman. It sounded like we were all going to get him versus Covington, but someone won't sign the contract, allegedly. I don't know. Um, so we got him and burns. I mean, how important a fight do you think this is for Woodley? Oh, I
3: mean, he, he, it's an important fight because he just lost his belt, right? This is a comeback fight for him, and I think he has a – a interesting opponent someone that i think is very capable in front of him but ultimately someone that i think he should win against so i think it's it's a good opportunity to see you know how much is left in tyrone tyrone woodley's tank i think there could be potentially quite a bit you know i think Usman is just a tough stylistic fight for him he had like you said a bad night where he kind of got trounced on um i think gilbert burns is a tough test but i think he should win this fight and uh i'm imagine that he's feeling the same and feeling confident and i have to imagine there's some pressure off you know he's he was the champion and not a really a company man i don't know how you want to say it. like there's a lot of tension between him and the brass so i'm sure that made his tenure as champion you know all the more kind of nerve-wracking knowing that you know the company does not necessarily want me to be champion i'm not their mostly number one pick for as, as like a marketable person um so you know this is a good fight where some of those spotlight is taken off but uh you know he still needs to be you know, game for this fight because Gilbert Burns is a tough out for him. But yeah, I think I think it's a good what, match. What kind for
1: him of Steph? What kind of favorite is he in this? He is the favorite, right?
3: Uh, Woodley, yeah.
1: I mean, it's mostly
0: pretty close, minus one ninety, so just uh, about a two to one. But Burns is only a plus one sixty five underdog, so you're only getting one and a half on him. So he's pretty live as an underdog as well.
1: I, I mean, we're not making official picks for this thing. I mean, I say official like this all matters, but this card has got one fight worth picking, so we're not gonna get into all that. But I mean, I would imagine he gets this one done just because – not that Gilbert Burns is the same type of fighter as, like, Damian Maya or anything like that. He just smashed Damian Maya, But in a fight where the other guy's not – I mean, I just don't think Gilbert Burns' stand-up is going to be enough. That's just my two cents right here because I don't think he's going to get Woodley down. What do you think, Steph? You think old man Woodley? I say old, you know, age-wise mileage wise he's not that bad what do you think (laughs) um i got woodley uh i mean if anyone comes
0: to mind for y'all go ahead and correct me um i'm kind of down on brazilian mma right now there's no one that seems that dynamic that game changing that's really kind of coming up they're wrecking their divisions burns is in a long line of very good brazilian mma fighters who are they all kind of have the same style right it's very, we got jujitsu on the ground. We got Muay Thai standing up, but we're not super dynamic otherwise. So I think Woodley's style can neutralize a kind of predictable fighter, even if he is, you know, decently explosive, strong, et cetera. Woodley style neutralizes a lot of good fighters. You still got to be great to kind of get past what Woodley does.
1: Yeah. Um, Mike, what are you thinking? Is this going to be a gonna, uh, Woodley gets back on track here?
2: Yeah, I mean, Woodley made a guy like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in two fights look absolutely boring and was able to shut down most of his offense. I mean, what is he going to do against a guy like Gilbert?
1: Yeah, I mean, Mark, I guess it's really a matter of we're thinking like, I mean, you said you think Woodley Woodley's probably going to get it done. It's been a year off, I think, maybe a little bit more for the man. But Woodley's always had big gaps between his fights. So I don't really doubt that he's going to come in and come in ready, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it,
3: unfortunately, yeah, it has been kind of a staple of his career, at least recently, having these big gaps, whether it's people not sending contracts, like you said before, or, you know, there always seems to be some reason. But yeah, you know, having, you know, a, a year long layaway for his fights hasn't been super. Um, abnormal for him but yeah I, I think I think stylistically I mean really I think what it comes down to Woodley I think stylistically he matches up pretty well and it's really just Gilbert Burns hasn't had this level of competition you know a former champion someone as dominant as Woodley um, and he hasn't been able to fight against that caliber of opponent you know Maya's probably the closest he got there um, so this is a big stepping stone for him I think Woodley has the the skill set to, to win the fight here especially the experience level but uh, you know Gilbert's game uh, and I think it's an interesting matchup but it's not like the most exciting thing in the, in the world but I do hope Tyrone gets the win here. We can see, you know, where he goes from there.
1: I like when you look up Gilbert Burns on Wikipedia. They say, "Do you mean Gilbert Burns the fighter or Gilbert Burns the farmer?" The farmer.
3: Yeah, that. And like, it's not like farmer. it's a relevant farmer. I don't even from know what he did. Ninety-eight from eighteen. So He's like, who is it? And it's like his brother was a poet. Was like, yeah. Okay. Know. You looked what into this. I'm like,
1: what did he do? <laughs> like, he's just he's just a farmer. Okay, not the best farmer. You know,
0: yeah, it'll turn out he did some type <laughs> of irrigation technique I guess that a, uh, revolutionized crop growth.
1: He's some sort of Freemason? I don't know. Um, Steph, your boy Blagoy getting back in there. Um, Blagoy uh, taking on Augusto Sakai. I you thought Blagoy beat Derek Lewis, or you thought he took enough damage that should have just given it to him, one or the other. But like, I
0: thought he won because. His win, his win condition is different than other fighters. <laughs> I like him not for MMA reasons. Bob Bobby was right in saying I really like him. If you don't know who Blagoy even is, I, I don't blame you. But look him up. Look up his story. The man is unkillable. Like yeah. the universe has taken several bullets at him, and they've all missed or ricocheted off. He is he is the most invincible human being I have ever read. Um, so I like him and the fact. That he, yeah, he he survived all that Derek Lewis had for him. He took him down a couple times. So that was a win in my eyes.
1: Um, I think they're he- setting him up for a loss here, to be honest, looking at this matchup. Just uh, he's going on a guy who's won four straight. Three of those four are knockouts.
0: I it's think- a coin flip. Um, the odds have it as minus 115 to Augusto Sakai to minus 105 for Blagoi. So it's a double fight favorite match. Uh means the line makers have no idea what to do on this fight. But I'll tell you this, Bob. Every match is designed for Blagoi to lose. What match do they what? set up to Blagoy to win? They don't want Blagoi to win. He yeah. just, he's tough. I he's going reading- to be loses. It's going to be a tough, ugly fight.
1: If I'm not mistaken, didn't I read there's some sort of travel restriction with, the Bra- with Brazil because Brazil's doing absolutely nothing? With the coronavirus, are these dudes just stuck here, or do they get to go home? Like, I know what's his name lives here. Burns lives here. I don't know if Sakai lives here.
0: I've heard of several people, not necessarily in MMA, but who aren't citizens, but they got they've got people got caught when borders locked down. There are like citizens in other countries who are locked down. People who are traveling. Um, there's people locked down in Canada, I guess. So it's very possible.
1: Yeah, this is a, such a mess. Um, Kevin Holland's fighting again. He just fought. I think he won in like forty seconds, maybe. Is that right? I think. i don't like that. Yeah. Okay. He's there. Let's get him two paychecks. You probably. But be he's not
3: because they had the other events were in Jacksonville, and this is in Vegas. So it's not like he was like already there. It's like they still the ship across. Well, let's the let's
1: get, let's spread some of his coronavirus that got in Florida spread all over Nevada. just
3: in with the octagon equipment. <laughs> 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 like, oh, dude's already here. Might he's just well. in
1: the semi truck. That's all it is. I mean, he's a young guy, uh, 27 years old. He's I don't know, th- four and one in the UFC. No, I'm sorry. I mean, awesome. four and two. Everyone's check.
3: scrambling to get fights, and the dude's like, you yeah, will fight. Hey, I just, what was the circumstance? Was this what was always playing? I don't understand I'm how to this guy yeah,
1: yeah, A I, whole I, division of people that are probably like, yo, <laughs> I'd like to take a fight. It doesn't even, like, normally there's an explanation of how he got here on Wikipedia. It just says they're fighting. Um, I guess because they know he tested negative. They're like, we can keep this guy fighting. Yeah, this way. I guess it's it's what they got the UFC so cheap that, like, we can pay for it's cheaper to pay for a flight than another coronavirus test. And the guy's, I don't know, he's from Riverside. He might have just, he might just drive up to Vegas.
3: It's very weird.
1: Yeah, it's strange. Uh, Mackenzie Dern back uh, fighting again. I think a lot of the shine is more and more. Honestly, man, it's hard to have shine on anybody right now. We're all just kind of in this. We (laughs) push,
2: it's especially hard to have shine on someone who consistently misses weight.
1: She came back and did she miss weight again? I don't know.
2: Well, the last time she didn't, but she said the reason why she made weight so easily is because there was a parasite siphoning off all the nutrients in her body during her training camp.
0: Did yeah, she made weight and she looked terrible. Um
2: that was in case you guys were wondering that was her baby. I was referring to oh, breastfeeding. I,
1: know. I got it. That's all really why she said she made weight because of her baby? Yeah. I'm okay. Sure. Now, she must weigh by eight pounds one time. And still won, though, of course. You, oh, you get her
0: a lot of shine, and you know she's a, she's the biggest favorite on the card at minus 430. Um, if you have access to gambling, I would absolutely take a flyer on Hannah Ciphers at uh, plus 345. Mackenzie Dern is not that good. She is. You want to see some of the worst boxing in women's MMA? That last Check fight. out this Mackenzie Dern fight. That last fight. Yeah, I watched, a, I watched a couple.
2: If she can get it to the ground, though, I mean, the fight's basically over.
0: Yeah, but she loves boxing. Mike, have you watched her fights? She wants to box so bad.
1: <laughs> She's taking on Hannah Shockwave Cyphers. I like Shockwave as a nickname. It's very, you know, Marvel supervillain.
0: You know, I was going to say American Gladiators, but that, that works
1: too. That works as well. Yeah, '80s pro wrestler. All these things work. Um, I like. Uh, I mean, I made a joke about it, but we got uh, Caitlyn Chukasian trying to see if she can get. Shevchenko sister bingo.
3: Making a family event.
1: Yeah. um, Antonia's not as good as Valentina, but I I mean, straight up, who's the favorite in this one, Steph?
3: Oh,
0: it's still uh, Valentina or uh, Antonia. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. It's it's closer (laughs) than the massive, like, historical uh, line against Valentina, but it's still the Shevchenko sister.
1: Yeah, um and she bounced back from her loss to Roxy. She lost a split to Roxy, which I don't think was a bad decision. It was a close fight, but it was, you know, could have gone either way. Getting a nice win over uh Pudilova uh, last August. But she hasn't fought in a minute here, so uh we'll see. This card is weird. It's not that deep. I mean, Tim Elliott and Luis Smolka are on the card. I don't know how Luis Smolka is not fighting at 125 anymore, to be honest. He's shorter than me, Um and I am very short. Uh, and Tim Elliott's like five nine, five ten, so he shouldn't be fighting one twenty five. But I don't know, Mark. What do you got? You said Brock Weavers on this card. That intrigue you at all? Uh, yeah,
3: I I saw one of his fights. I guess he's one of those Dana White contender standouts. Um, he had a lot of uh, charisma and personality, and he seemed to go out there to to get the win. So I think it's definitely he was yelling a lot, right? That
1: was he was, he was angry sure. all the time.
3: <laughs> I think he's he's a Native American, and he I think he comes out with the headdress and. I think his last fight it got stopped early or something weird happened and I don't know. He just he struck me as someone like oh this guy definitely has the charisma aspect and he goes out there to you know make fans. So it's someone that I'm keeping an eye on. This will be a tough test for him.
1: No Wikipedia page for the man. Um, nope. So uh, yeah, we'll go back
0: real quick, Bob. Just because it's not a big deal, but I'm just want to know who you're thinking of. Louis Smolka is a five foot nine Hawaiian guy. Who are you thinking of?
1: Oh, I'm thinking about the uh, green haired motherfucker. What's his name? Oh, the you guy that fights t- out of Tiger
2: and, uh
1: No so Mark say the no, name? He's
2: the Brazilian dude. No, no, he's he's Figueroa? A,
1: No, no, he's uh like he was like he was on the ultimate fighter. I've, uh, you're right, Luis is huge, that makes sense. He, Wait, he's really you,
2: you Do that fight out of Tiger Showman's in New York.
1: I don't know. The guy's got we saw him one time walking around when we were at a fight car too. He's got green hair.
2: Hermese Franca. <laughs> no. <laughs> I My, will uh, I will look into it. Don't worry about it. Let's uh let's keep it rolling.
1: Yeah, fuck. What was that guy's name? All right. Um yeah, this card's weird, um, and then it's, there's a pay-per-view next week, which I still don't understand how they're asking for a full price. Like, they added some fights to it. I'm looking here, like, Co- uh, Aljamain Sterling versus Corey Sandhagen, for the love of God, why is not for an interim title or some sort of, like, winner gets a title shot, something.
2: Luis Galdino.
1: There it is, that dude, Galdino. Thank you, Mike. I mean, there's a bunch of, I mean, you guys, check out the card for next week. There's some good fights added, but asking for money. Like, how is Eddie Wineland still fighting anybody? Let me ask that question.
3: He's fighting Sean O'Malley. Yeah. I mean, look at the card. Yeah, it's, oh, better it's better than I, what I thought no, originally. This, this, this is a cool good lot. fight.
1: This is a fight night card that they're making Amanda Nunes try to carry with a fighter who has no chance.
3: Yeah, it's just not pay-per-view worthy. Yeah. I absolutely agree there.
1: Yeah, and I like a Sunset and Cody Garber. I mean, that's not going to be a good fight, because the Cell fights aren't necessarily good. But in terms of, like, competition, they're two highly ranked guys. Anyway, um there was a lot of random MMA shit that happened this week. Um I'm just going to throw some of it out there and see if anybody gives a crap about any of it. Um Sounds like uh John Jones wants to fight Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou wants to fight John Jones. John Jones says he would like to be compensated for moving up to heavyweight. Uh, Dana White says nobody wants to fight anybody, really.
2: That sounds like like Dana's way of saying, bitch, you ain't selling, I ain't paying you no more.
1: There we go. That's what it sounds like to me, too. Um, I would watch the shit out of that fight, Mark. I would, I mean, if John Jones, I mean, D- DC said it himself when he was talking about it. Daniel Cormier said, John Jones fighting Louis, uh, moving up to fight Francis and Gondo is some gangster shit. Like, that would be awesome. I would yeah, love no, to I see think, that.
3: I, it, I think it is intriguing. I think it absolutely could sell because Francis, I mean, and I think if you're going to point the finger at John Jones and say, like, well, why haven't you sold recently? I would just look at the dance partners and be like, yeah, you're Anthony Smith's of the world and uh, Dominic Ray is, you know, as good as they are, they're just not people that draw well, people I mean- yet. They're, they're new. I mean, fresh blood.
1: Yeah. And Steph, the UFC has this wonderful attitude. I remember they pulled the same shit with Mighty Mouse where they're like, all right, we're paying you X dollars right now to fight these people. We want you to move up in weight class and take a bunch of risks. We are not going to pay you $2 more. You should just do it, though. I mean, that appears to be the attitude, right?
0: I mean, yes and no. It's like,
1: on one hand, MMA
0: fighters should always ask for more money. All of them. None of them make enough, even the highest earners. I have no problem with that. But, like, you're going to be the main eventing a pay-per-view with that fight. Like, you're going to get a big payday. Like, negotiate fine, but don't act like you're not going to get paid either. Oh, you're yeah, going to get course. points on that. what it does. And like Mark said, Francis is a guy that will sell. He's, he's one of the easiest highlight
2: packages in
0: Dude, the sport. He- the words
1: heavyweight title sells, somehow or another. I, guess, or another. I called- guess it's
2: one of those things where it's like, if he fights Francis, it wouldn't be for a title right now.
1: Oh, they'd make up but- a belt.
2: But It'd be interim, right, Immediately. Yeah, okay. Come on, man, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's
2: a Steph's point. He wants a pay raise, but as he would be getting points off a of pay-per-view, and Francis would for sure sell more, so he would essentially be getting a pay raise because he would be selling way more pay-per-views than when he fought Anthony Smith and whoever the fuck. I, the, I, the I don't, guy I guy don't was understand.
1: I don't get how the pay-per-views work anymore because the UFC literally put a $5 barrier to, barrier to entry into people buying pay-per-views. And they're getting a flat amount minimum from ESPN. Like apparently they're getting the equivalent of like a 500,000 buy pay-per-view every show. Which might be why they're serving us up Amanda Nunes and bullshit. Because they're going to get 500 no matter what. I don't understand. I mean, I, I see an old UFC contract. I saw Eddie Alvarez's old contract. Which is it's really easy to find because there was a lawsuit with Bellator. There's like different levels where this shit kicks in. And I'm sure John Jones has a different contract than these guys. I don't know. I mean, look. The UFC's expectation that people are just going to do stuff because yeah, it's the UFC. Show you're tough. I'll it's- also say this about
0: John Jones: for a guy who got arrested during the shelter in place, he have got a lot of public sympathy right now, man.
1: Dude, it's- John Jones is shit talking Anthony Smith getting his uh, getting home invaded. That's literally what he's doing. Like that, what? what he's given up hope. <laughs> like of everybody, anybody liking him ever. Um, I would watch it, sure. I mean, that's, it's hard to, like, tell what's even going on, man. We put together this fucking Woodley fight in a week and a half. On one end, I'm listening to, like, this... uh if everybody's been paying attention to this Usman-Masvidal thing, where it was supposed to be Usman versus Masvidal. And I think Usman might have overplayed his hands here in, term of asking for, in terms of asking for money. Because now Masvidal's manager said, well, we will just fight Nate Diaz instead, again, because that will sell more money. That will sell infinitely more than Kamara-Usman anyway. And now Kamaru Usman's manager, Ali Abdelaziz, who's also Khabib's manager, so try to follow me here. He said that Conor needs to go on a 10-fight win streak, I think, to beat to fight Khabib again for the lightweight title. But if Kamaru Usman can't fight Jorge Masvidal, Conor McGregor should get a title shot against Kamaru Usman. So Kamaru can get a paycheck. So this is the type of shit we normally don't talk about, but there's nothing going on. Mark, do you have any thoughts on any of this? What do you want to see out of these big mix-up mix-up guys? What fights would you actually want to see?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think new matchups always intrigue me the most. So Masvidal and Usman is more appealing than having him run it back against Nate. Um, I don't think Connor has to win that many fights to fight uh, um, uh, Habib again. But uh, I'm also not like super intrigued in that fight anyway. So I don't. I don't really know. I mean. I think I mean I guess we were also talking about. Know, there's a lot of talk about Connor and Nate throwing it back for a third time. I think that kind of makes some sense. And but
1: if Nate's gonna fight Mark, it sounds like he's gonna fight either Jorge or Connor or somebody's gonna get him paid because Nate's yeah, not gonna I, fight for cheap. So it's I gonna mean, be a rematch either totally, way. The
3: fresh matchups would be more intriguing. So I would like to see Masvidal versus Connor um, more than Masvidal and Nate. Or even Masvidal and Uzman, which I think is the fight he wanted. I thought he wanted that that belt to get that kind of notoriety. Um, but he also has mentioned many times before he just he's looking for the biggest paycheck. And he I got a agree, belt. <laughs> yeah, and I do agree. You know, him and Nate would probably pull better pay per view numbers than him and Uzman. But with Uzman, you win that fight, you know, you are the champion. You know, I think that that is. I mean, look at the the BMF belt was all fun and games, and it was you know it was a really fun little event they did there. But it's not the same as the actual best fighter of that division. I think. Masvidal does kind of covet that.
1: Mike, my thoughts on this are, in a world where Nate's going to come back, assuming he does, I'd rather just give me Nate and Connor 3. So, I'd rather not watch Connor versus Usman. I'll watch anything. I'll be honest at this point. Conor McGregor is going to get my money. But, like, I'd rather watch Jorge and Usman, like that combination, than Connor and Usman, because Camaro's way bigger than him. Yep. Like way mm-hmm. bigger than him. Like Kamaro's like, Steph, that dude's gotta be 190 pounds, right? Like he's a big dude, at least 190 minimum. Like he's ugly uh, sized.
0: Yeah, I think we can all agree that's the least compelling matchup yeah. because um we all kind of know how it goes. And could it be fun if Connor shocks the world? Yeah, but none of us expect it. Like seeing him get uh fucked is not what we want to do with him. The guy doesn't fight that frequently, he's a flight risk. Um, you know, but he's entertaining when he gets to show what he does. So you want to give, and he, you know, from a fan point, you want to see him fight. That's gonna be coming. I want to see him versus Gaethje. Yeah, like, that's what I, I want
1: to see. That's over, I, see.
0: I don't, I don't need to see him run it back with Nate again. Um, I don't need to see him run it back with Masvidal. I think Masvidal would smoke him too. Um, I want to uh, watch. I want him to fight at his optimum weight class, which is I'm okay with him.
1: I mean, him fighting Masvidal is better than him fighting Usman, though. At least it's like...
0: It's better. It's cause better... Because he's not huge. I'm just tired of Welterweight Connor. Yeah. It's it's I'm, pointless. It's a pointless endeavor to meet for Welterweight Connor.
1: Yeah, Mike, I went to you first with this. I mean, what do you think?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Usman, I think, normally walks around when he's not in weight, like in, in camp around, like, what, 200, 205? He's a... Uh, I mean, he... I mean he's obviously not like Rumble Johnson but he's a huge he's a fucking, fucking monster pathway. too. He
1: is gigantic. He's a goddamn uh, monster too.
2: <laughs> if I had my choice between those, between those two options that you presented either between, you know, Nate and and Usman, yeah, I I would take Nate as well. I think uh if they were going to do that fight at what se- 170, which I think that's what they would want, um it's the rubber match, you know. We've seen each of them win one fight in a row. I mean, one, one fight each. And we know it would be a relatively even matchup between the two. You know, um, I, U- Usman, he, he's gonna be too big. I, his wrestling would be way too butchy, you know, in combination with his size against Connor. And uh, I'm not, I'm not interested in that fight.
1: And look, man, Connor's got enough self belief that, of course, he wants to thinks he can win a third title. The man thinks he can beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. I mean, it's impressive. His self belief can take you far. Something we're not talking about, and Daniel Cormier brought this up. Um, I'm gonna talk about this a little later. On stuff we like. Because I've started listening to the Ariel and DC show. It's fucking hilarious, by the way. But Daniel Cormier said, we need to see Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor. Because there are no fans. And we can listen. He says, we need to get Nate Diaz a fight while there's no crowd. So we can hear Nate Diaz shit talk an entire fight. Loud and clear. With microphones everywhere. Mike's eyes just popped out of his head. Because he didn't think about this on any level. Because Mike's all of a sudden thinking, Nate, he doesn't care who Nate fights. Do you care at all, Mike? You want Nate to fight somebody, right? Yo, man, Nate they, they could be shadow
2: boxing against the brood, man. I would like to hear what type of shit talking he does.
1: Yeah, that'd be fun. Let's get Nate in the cage, man. That's all I'm saying. Let's just get if him in the cage. If we
0: can uh, hear everybody, um, I would like to run back a very old match then. Um, it is called uh, Paul Semtex Daily versus I Josh Koscik. I was waiting I,
1: for this. That. Uh,
0: that is my great MMA mystery is what did Josh Koschek? say to Paul Daly. Yeah. You know,
2: Ma- right?
1: Remember we asked, John, we, Mike, Mike and I met Tan Dan, uh, Mergliata the referee, and we said, what did he say? And Dan Dan's like, oh, he was saying like such bad stuff. And we're like, "What? we're not children, Tan Dan, I'm 25. Tell me what the fuck he said. <laughs>
0: He's going to sell it in his book one day, Bob. There's a book <laughs> deal waiting. Tan Dan knows there's one more check to cash in.
1: The worst one of the dumbest MMA controversies at the time were like, did Josh Koscheck call Paul Semtex the N-word? I'm like, Josh Koscheck's black. What yeah, he was half <laughs>
0: black and he grew up in rural uh Pennsylvania where he was the target of much racism through <laughs> yeah. most of his life. So and, I,
1: and I'm like, yeah, probably. He might have. I don't like I don't know. I don't think that's what set him off, though. Um, yeah, I look, if we're gonna get I mean I did like a. Uh, Discussion, I mean, since I'm talking about already, the Ariel and DC show, they started talking about Fight Island, where Ariel said, I don't think Fight Island is real. And DC said, no, it's real. And then Ariel's like, would you rather fight on Fight Island or at the UFC cen- uh, Apex? And uh, David Cormier said he'd rather fight at the Apex because he, does, he thinks it'd be hot fighting on Fight Island. And he gets tired enough in his fights. <laughs> 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 I appreciate the honesty from Cormier there. Um... So, yeah, that's where we are at with this sport, guys. And we got no champion at 125 and, and 135. He officially retired again today. Sounded like he said, give me a title shot against Volkanovski and give me a lot of money. And the UFC was like, no, at least to the money part. Um, So he said, fuck it. We got no champion in two weight classes. We got a women's champion defending in two. who has two belts in one of the weight classes. She's defending a belt, but there's exactly one person in the weight class, it sounds like. Um, we got a fake belt. We got... Uh, how many interim champions are there right now? Is it just Gaethje? Does anybody know anymore?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I
1: think that's it. it I sounds think, good, all right. uh, We got a heavyweight champion who's being pressured into fighting while he's trying to get a gym that will stay open in Ohio. Um, we got the greatest ever, if you're asking Stefan or many people... Saying he'll move up and fight a monster at heavyweight, and we're getting the promotion saying, nah, he doesn't want to do that." And if he does, if he wants more money, fuck him. Uh, it's pretty much par for the course, right, Mark? This is just what we got going on, huh? Not. This uh, just, yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean, this is these storylines. Some of, some of the outsiding factors aren't even big factors into a lot of this. Nitpicking and hearsay and what have you, but it does seem like the machine's kind of in motion again. And it, I mean, we're getting events again, so it's interesting to. See how they're going to come back and all the talk about the fight island, I think, is all fun and games. It'll be interesting to see, like, when it actually comes to that. Got working. merch, and <laughs> it, 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 maybe that's the whole goal is just to sell some t shirts because what else are we selling? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's intriguing. It definitely sounds like DC and the fighters are very excited about this potential because it just sounds ridiculous. It, it sounds like the premise of a movie, and that's all. Fu- and I think in these times, it is. Fun to have a laugh, and this story in and of itself is very silly. Uh, and if it does come to you know actuality, it'll be intriguing to see how that all works because there's a lot of weird loopholes and stuff that might have to go on. I don't
1: know, Steph. You know it's interesting? Like when they had did that first pay per view. I'm mean, the only pay per view since they've been back with uh Gaethje and Ferguson, and the other. I mean, it was a fucking loaded card, top to bottom. And we hadn't had any MMA in a couple months, and we all got really excited. Actually, I remember the day of. We actually were excited to watch fights. And maybe this is just my thought, but let me get your opinion on this. Did you think there was, like, an opportunity for the UFC to maybe maybe pick their shots a little bit more here and actually, like, put on, like, some big fight cards, not maybe drive us into the ground with number of fights? But, you know, instead we're back to where we started? Like, we we're already, like, looking at this card like, man, what is this shit? I mean, like, yeah,
0: it's it's yes and no. um It's... The, the, the yes part is, yeah, with people kind of getting stalled out, um, everybody clamoring for the right to fight, you thought, yeah, they could build depth. Uh, there wasn't a lot going on. We took a pause on the like sports for a month or two there. so it seemed like timelines were catching up. people had time to recover. There was long like you know layoffs with injuries and everything. But no, also at the same time, because how did this all begin? We need to get events out. We need to hit a quota. And it doesn't matter if we're safe about it. We just need to hit this quota. So if yep. we start at that as the baseline of why we're even here, no, it's not surprising.
1: Yeah, I guess it's not. It's just, you know, the parent... I mean, it's just disappointing. I don't know what my expectations were. Their parent company is losing money hand over fist, right? We all know that. And, I mean, and and Bob, like,
2: like you meant... Sorry to interrupt, but like you mentioned, Bob, um, they get a certain amount of money per event that they hold from the from ESPN. So what incentive do they, do they have to load up one event and not just parse them out
1: yeah it's just it's interesting um stuff you were saying
0: i was just gonna say it's just kind of the reality of where business is today too This story is all this time and it seems like it'll be there forever with mma everyone wants more money right but what's a tough t- thing to ask for right now is more money in a in a time where layoffs are going off like crazy unemployment is sky high uh, there's no live gates, you know, whatever you want to say that accounts for. People don't want to make less money, but there's less money to be had right now more than ever. So it's that's just another factor in all this. Like, yeah, they're going to play hardball because, like, look, we don't want to pay you. We're generating this much less revenue by not having a live gate, et cetera, et cetera, and not really having certain whatever parts that go into it. So there's just a lot of economic stuff going on in the background. Yeah.
1: And, uh, we've got to keep, you know, and this is a way for that parent company to make money while not incurring that much cost because, I mean, they don't, they underpay the fighters. So Daniel Cormier said he made $3 million for fighting John Jones each time. $3 million. If you do $1 million in pay, if you do, if you sell 1 million pay per views, that's just pay per views. The UFC's cut is $30 million. And that's not counting anything they're getting from like overseas TV stuff or anything. So unless John Jones got $10 million for those fights, Don't know where all the money went. Just saying. When people say the UFC takes uh, 80% of the revenue, that should be a good indication right there. Um, That's it for fight wise. I'm trying to see if... I'm I'm, I'm honestly just checking Twitter to see if anybody's going to announce some shit because this pay-per-view, I still can't believe it's not going to have another title fight. Um, And look, this card isn't deep this week, but we're all at home. I'll watch some of it. You know, we all will. For sure. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, the main event's good. I like Tyron Woodley quite a bit, so I hope he keeps winning. And still one of my favorite—I don't know why this makes me so happy, but I saw Straight out of Compton with Stefan, and we're watching the movie, and all of a sudden, uh, Tyron Woodley's just there in, like, a bit role. And Stefan just turns to me and says, Tyron Woodley? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess. Like, no, no fanfare. Nobody announced he was going to be in this thing. The thing is, it's just a surprise. It's like, all right, what, was the name, what was the name of Ice Cube's crew that he was part of? We should know this. I they're sure. gonna revoke. Our, they're yeah. gonna revoke our West Coast rap card. <laughs> what
0: the fuck? <laughs> In my defense, Bobby, we were five years old when this. Yeah, was going on I'm trying to think. But,
1: um, the killers, some killers, some West side, like West, Westside, side uh, killers, Westside killers, or something. Yeah, Mike, look this up while we're talking. Um. Anyway, um. Before we get into the general stuff, we like. I just want to again say, you guys should listen to DC and MMA. DC and Ariel's MMA. Uh, the, I can't talk. The Ariel and DC show. Um, it's West side
2: a side connection.
1: West side connection. Fuck. We went with the we we killers.
2: Not close at all.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you think?
2: Isn't the doing? killers a
1: rock uh, a rock group? Yeah, we said West Side though. Uh, we know there was West in there. Um, Daniel Cormier is real funny on this thing. Um, I uh, part of the show I was listening to from last week was Ariel making fun of Cormier because Cormier was saying that. He spent his time in the hotel room in Jacksonville watching the Beverly Hillbillies on, on YouTube and other places. And he was telling Ariel is the best TV show ever. It sounds dumb. That's me selling the show like this, but it's kind of like I'm selling like the New Day podcast, which is just like a good time. Just people bullshitting. I think a lot of, the th- I mean, we thought a lot of what you guys enjoy about this podcast is when we're just bullshitting too. The numbers suggest this is the MMA part, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just people bullshitting. It's a, It was a good time. Um but um let's do stuff we like. Um you want to talk AEW since 3 of us watch that and then we'll go from the next ones from there. Um two nights ago, uh AEW did its quarterly pay-per-view, um Double or Nothing. This was the second Double or Nothing. The last one Stefan and I went to actually uh was last year in Vegas. Um for a brief moment, me and my buddy Drew thought about thought about going to this when, you know, before the world ended. Um, it was supposed to be at the MGM Grand. Instead, the event took place at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, uh, which is a amphitheater, I think, owned by um, the owner of the Jaguars. I know his son's name is Chad Con. There we go. I always say Tony Con, but it's his dad. And it also took place, strangely enough, on the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, football field. Um, I really enjoyed the show overall. Um, Mike and I or Mike and I watched it Steph washed it too um the highlight for us Mike probably was the stadium stampede match oh yeah which was a 10 man five on five single uh, false count anywhere match in a football stadium which included cheerleaders, a horse, a golf cart dudes jumping off a field goal post. Um, two
2: reincarnations
1: two reincarnations. A couple of Puerto Ricans scared of swimming in a three foot pool. Um, <laughs> a man being thrown in an ice chest. Um, a cowboy bar fight. Milk shot. A milk shot. There was a lot going on. Uh,
0: you're um, missing the uh, best thing that came out of that thing was uh, someone made the perfectly spliced GIF of uh, Hans Moleman presents a Hans Moleman production oh! man getting hit by football, and then. Oh, yeah. it, then cut to uh, one of the Jacksons doinking Chris Jericho in the groin with a football.
1: Yeah, uh, Mark, I, I I rarely tell you to watch wrestling, but this is very small town street fight, if you will.
3: It sounds like it.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna give you my login just uh, for for uh, BRIAR Live just for you to watch this match. <laughs> it is absurd.
2: Chalk um, machine. Mar-
1: St- Stefan described it as a mess, which I was I don't disagree with you at all, Steph. But I had a really good time with the mess. Um,
0: It was just there's a lot of moments where you see him like standing there looking around like, what's the next spot I go to from here? Like, (laughs) like, what am I doing now? There's so much space.
1: I I think the world of Sammy Guevara, because his character as a YouTube vlogger douchebag, he plays it so well. And his gimmick at this point appears to be uh, to die weekly. This poor kid is getting destroyed. And yeah, I missed the part where Jericho uh, challenged the call on the field. That was a thing that happened too. That, that was hilarious. That was, dude. Like, I've just remained in awe of old man Jericho. Just getting that, everything that was over. Great.
2: Jericho thought he got the three count, and he gets up. He starts arguing with the ref, and he challenges the play. The ref goes into the booth, and the ref comes out. No, we're good. It was a two yeah. count.
1: Yeah. Um. I really enjoyed that. I okay. Oh, rest of the show, um, Steph and Mike, your thoughts on it too, please. I thought um, the Moxley versus Brody Lee match was pretty great, considering I didn't know what I was going to get. They beat the fuck out of each other. They just walloped each other. Um, and Steph, I did when they called it a rear naked choke, I was like, well, that's that's not what that was, but uh, you know, it was a choke, kind of. That was that was interesting. Um,
0: yeah. I, uh uh you know the fight the match I will talk about is Sheeta and then I have general yeah. comments. Um yeah. yeah, you guys can handle the main bulk of the card.
2: Um I uh the first, I think it was the the first fight. they uh I don't know what they called it, but it was essentially like uh a, a royal. Their money the the, in the, the bank. Is that what that is? Like
1: the royal no, I mean, with the with the ladder? It was their version of a money in a bank match. They hung a thing in the air and you have to get it, you get a title shot.
2: Yeah, I, I particularly enjoyed uh that match at least what i could watch because my internet was to shit for for half of that match
1: i enjoyed uh, orange cassidy coming out and then asking the announcers how do i win and then the announcer saying no less than 20 times has the rules been explained to orange cassidy um <laughs> uh penelope ford and chris statlander was kind of just there that was that kind of stuck out um mjf and jungle boy really showed how they are going to be the stars of this company for like i didn't i had pretty not my expectations were low. I just kind of thought the whole point of the match was to get MJF over. And it was just awesome. They really brought it, both of them. It was great. And then um, Stefan wanted to talk about Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose. Uh, uh, yeah, a she, great Shida, match.
0: Shida, I just really liked. Um, I haven't followed AEW that closely, honestly, since we went. I think it was exciting for me in the kind of early going, you know, um, by them running an all, uh, or sorry, double or nothing too. You know, congratulations, one year. You guys kind of officially made it, you know, that this whole thing worked out. Um, But Hikaru Shida was like a Japanese women's wrestler who I kind of identified when we went a year ago. I really liked her. Um, And I started following her on Instagram and social media. She's a super otaku nerd. Like, she's constantly cosplaying video game characters uh Marvel heroes and everything you know she's basically this japanese girl who likes all the same dorky stuff i do um and she's really open about it you know she plays final fantasy songs on the piano in videos and everything so i you know kind of like i haven't watched the product but i kind of found out she was getting a big push you know she got a chance to fight for the title and this i mentioned to mark she you know for her big moment she it's it's hot for the video game kids cuz she came out cosplayed as uh, tifa lockhart from final fantasy VII. You know, and with the re- make being all the hype for the last couple months, like, that was perfect. And then she, she got the win in it. Um, yeah, she's one of those ones who has a lot of potential. So um, getting to see her get a push is really cool. Um, so happy happy for her.
1: Yeah, um, big night for her. Um, look, it was a really bad week in the pro wrestling community. Um, we lost, it was a writer for Figure Four Online, Larry, uh, I think it's Zonka. We're well, not the football player. I, Mike has a look on his face. I think this guy's name is Zonka too. He passed away. Um, then Shad Gaspard, a lot of people heard this story. He was the professional wrestler who was out in the beach with his son. And then they got hit in the, the, with a big wave. And then the lifeguards came out. He pointed at his son. He pointed to the lifeguards to save his son. Shad was a wrestler in the WWE, uh, in the right when we kind of stopped watching, really. That big gap, Steph, I think, is when him and, um, JTG, had a tag team called Crime Time, and yeah, Vince McMahon had a tag team with two black dudes and just called them Crime Time. Just put that aside for a moment. Um, they were really popular, and Shad was a really good dude outside of uh wrestling. Also, he was he st- uh stopped a robbery one time. Um, something for our video game fans out there. He was the model for um, what's the name of that? Kratos is that a character's name? Got a word He was the model. For, he was the model for Kratos. Also, by the way. Uh, he passed away, and um, there was a GoFundMe, and uh, a lot of the wrestlers—Jericho, Tony Khan, Cody Rose, donated a bunch of money. Uh, John Cena donated forty grand um, to the family. It was all—it was for uh, Chad's family. It was really sad, and everybody—you you, know—you never heard a bad word about him. I and mean, this is wrestling; you hear bad words about everybody. And then there was that gut punch for a lot in the industry, which was when twenty-two-year-old uh, Hannah Kimura, who is from Stardom, yeah, she's from Stardom. And uh, she was on the Japanese reality TV show Terrace House. Um, mm-hmm. I guess she did. S- I don't follow exactly what happened, but I guess she was being portrayed as the bad guy or something on this reality show. She got cyber bullied, I guess is the prevailing thought. And she uh, killed that, herself.
2: I, that's got to be something because there's not really bad guys on Terrace I parts. don't
1: understand what happened. Like I was trying to figure it out, but like, and I guess like, the community that watches that show online is real toxic. Yeah, they're toxic. crazy.
2: No, yeah, they're crazy.
1: I mean, that's saying something because this is a wrestling community. Normally, it's pretty shitty. I mean, every online community has their shitty parts. But I guess this shitty this show, uh- which... I, I think I'll take, o- I I'll take over from here yeah, because I, don't I think what, I, don't know I am what this the is. Terrace House expert on this show. Yeah, go for um, it. Explain what happened here, man.
2: Yeah, so Terrace House is a huge show. I, I can't believe that's the community that was cyberbullying her not the wrestling community, but actually I can probably understand that. But it's a huge show in Japan. It's essentially their version of the real world, if the real world was with a bunch of very polite um, Japanese people. Um and every so often, there is a quote-unquote bad boy or bad girl that gets on the show that um, the fans just hate. Um, and I guess that was the case with uh, with Hana. I haven't gotten that far on um, this season because that's the other current season that they're on. Um, and there were some people in previous seasons that got a lot of hate as well. And uh, one of the people that I actually follow on uh, Instagram from the Hawaii season, she wrote a long Instagram post because um, she was one of the villains in her season. And she talked about just how toxic um, Terrace House can be and and a lot of the fans that that watch the show that even now, like three, four years since she had her season, she still gets a lot of, uh, you know, threatening and, and horrible messages into her, into her DMs. So sad to see that, you know, the fans of a show that I really like may have contributed to, to her death.
1: Yeah, people are real shitty online, man. That's just the way it is. Um, and, like, I mean, not that that's just something we've got to accept. And, look, everybody said, like, oh, everybody, you know, be nice to each other, which will last about 20 minutes, right? Let's all be honest with each other. Um, there was a really cute story. And if anybody has a chance, go check out Will Ospreay's um, Twitter account. Uh, so Hana was wrestling in Stardom, which is a, uh, Japanese, as a female only wrestling organization in Japan. Uh, they don't really mix men's and men and female res, uh, wrestling in Japan. I think New Japan's starting to do it, but Stardom is all females. And, uh, Will Ospreay is a famous, a very famous wrestler in Japan. He's a, he's an Englishman, but he wrestles in Japan. And his wife or partner is part of Stardom, B Priestley. So he talked about going to a show, and he said he was just sitting there backstage. He didn't know anybody, so he's sitting there watching a video on his phone. And then uh Hana came up to him and, you know, in her broken English, was like, what are you watching? And then she sat next to him and watched his video for five minutes. And then at the end of it, she told him, oh, I don't understand. And Will goes, well, why why'd you, you know, sit here and just watch it with me the whole time? And she said, oh, I want to be with Osprey in her broken English. Basically, she didn't want the guy to be sitting there by himself. You know, just a real sweet story. Man, it was just... There was, you could tell, like, Steph, um, all the uh, the Joshi girls, which is what they call female Japanese wrestlers in Japan, all the ones who've made it to the U.S., you you talked about this with me, they seem like they have a real sisterhood. And this really, really devastated the community, it seems like.
0: Uh, yeah, because um, I kind of learned this story through the point of view of my favorite of those Japanese women's wrestlers who've made it to WWE. Um, that's Kairi Sane. Um, and she broke it down that. You know, the whole night that this happened, apparently Hana had tweeted out photos of her starting to harm herself. Um, but like, I think Kyrie was saying, you know, it was really late in Japan time, but it happened to be, you know, the middle of the day for her. So Kyrie said she started, like, sending messages, calling all the people she knew, like, hey, can someone go check on her? Can someone get her? Um, and they weren't in time. Um, you know, the, I saw one. It was uh, her mother uh, who tweeted yeah. out. That one was heartbreaking um a divorced found her. single single mother um this was her only child and she just had like i'm sorry i couldn't protect you you know and just like that that parent sentiment um you know lump uh one of my dogs uh she sprained her paw a couple days ago and it's like it's not the same but i just think i get that feeling you feel so guilty you feel like you let them down when you have when anyone is dependent on you was your child it just creates this bond where you know you can't, but you want to protect them from the world. You know, and a mother to a daughter, I can only imagine that's like one billion fold stronger. You know, so yeah. just seeing the mom even make that sentiment um is just it's Yeah. Heart- this whole thing is heartbreaking and senseless and it just fucking sucks.
1: Yeah, and it's like look, MMA Twitter is shitty, wrestling Twitter is shitty, reality TV shows is shitters, Twitter is shitty. Shit Twitter is really shitty to women, specifically. And like really shitty. Well
2: what, like, what really sucks is that us being in our mid 30s, you know, there was a time we remember a time before the internet, let alone Twitter, Instagram and you know all of these social media services. So I think on some level for us at times we think well just don't go to those, you know, don't go on Twitter, don't go on Instagram like if you're being cyberbullied, don't read these things. For us that's very easy to say that, but for someone who is Hannah's age, who's twenty two, all she's known um, for her intelligent sentient life is social media. So I can see why, you know, something like you know being cyberbullied and being sent just hateful messages all the time. You can't just say, "Oh, I'm just not gonna go onto Twitter. I'm not gonna go on Instagram." So that's a fucking shame. I mean, I know it's cliche, but yo, know, people, just stop being such fucking dicks to
1: people. Like, What the fuck? Yeah, Marcus, at the beginning of this, you said you heard about this. I mean, I don't know if you got any any thoughts or anything that, you know, about the story at all. No, it just
3: sounded really tragic. I think I saw it on one of the websites, and you were just bringing up all the stuff, and I was like, he knows about this one, right? Because even I heard about this one. But uh.
1: Yeah, no, it was a shit week, honestly, for wrestling, and I think that's why they tried to, like, put on such a – I mean, you'll see it yourself when you watch it, watch the match. They really try to end with, like, a happy, goofy, good time just because, like, fuck, man. It's depressing enough the world we live in right now, and then they just got piled on with some real tragic shit this week. Yeah, you know. Um, let's go to you. This uh, go, you go to you next, man. What do you? What do you got this week?
3: Uh, sure. Um, honestly, not a ton. Uh, gaming's a uh, little weak right now. I would mention last week uh, on Switch they finally ported over the mobile game. Uh, what the Golf? That game came out on the Apple Arcade promotion, and it's actually just a really kind of clever spin on golf games and they kind of every course kind of has like a new little quirk to it um i've been really enjoying that on switch i guess i would mention uh upcoming uh tomorrow if you're listening to this when we first post it on wednesday uh playstation sony is doing a state of play for the last of us 2 which is going to come out uh june 16th i believe so that's really close this is probably like the last kind of like deep dive they'll do on that Thought that, that stuff was interesting um, I know stuff we like is supposed to be non MMA related but I do kind of want to mention I stumbled stumbled upon an MMA promotion that I don't think is uh, putting on events anymore but it was called uh, Ryujima. Jima uh, and I really I only watched one event it looks like they're posted on YouTube uh, in their entirety but what I like about this promotion is I will say it is very soft <laughs> like uh, these guys are not uh, receiving a lot of damage before the fight is stopped. But it is very traditional, it is very Japanese. Basically, it almost looks like the, the Kumite where these guys are in this big oval uh arena. The referees are in like traditional temple garb, uh as are the ring girls. And what I think is fun is different, you know, combat sports adopt different rule sets and basically this one is in a big circle and one of the ways that you can win is they are 3 3-minute rounds and if you push your opponent out of the the ring three times in a round, you win, which was interesting because I think that the, the promotion other gimmick is kind of like these guys are very style for style. Like, oh, this is a judo guy. What I really liked was one of the fights I saw was a catch wrestler. So one of the other rules is that it, the fights can go on the ground, but they only last 15 seconds there and you can't do any submissions. So one of the guys, his style was catch wrestling. and It's like, dude, that whole style is about getting people on the ground and submitting them. Uh, not having that uh, uh, available to you really limited people. But I did think it was funny. We, I did see a sumo practitioner who obviously just pushed his opponent out of the ring three times really fast, and I like those kind of quirky combat sports. Uh, I thought it was really interesting and fun. Uh, the YouTube videos do have English commentary. I thought the commentary was pretty fun and uh, uh, you know informative. So, uh, yeah, recommend that stuff. But otherwise, I'm kind of a slow week. Not a lot I'm catching up on.
1: Steph, I mean, spe- uh,
3: speaking of quirky sports real quick, wasn't it like just a couple weeks ago that couple videos kept, got
0: circulated in our group chat of like the slapping competition. It's one of those yeah. quirky sports.
3: Sadly, that that YouTube guy I sent you that that did that. I've been on a deep dive of his stuff. And uh, he's
0: peng, just, penguin Zero, or whatever. yeah, and
3: he's just like kind of like this like he looks like kind of like a ratty Twitch streamer, and like his whole shtick is just like talking over shit and just like cursing, almost like it has like a real high school kind of humor to it. And I'm
1: ashamed of how many videos
3: of it that I watched. And I'm like, okay, I understand why you have 5 million people following you.
1: <laughs> yeah, speaking of wacky sports, I saw a video of, from 1988 of Lex Luger, Sting, and Dusty Rhodes playing, playing basketball against the Charlotte Police Department. Just not kidding. I do want to
3: mention another fun combat. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, Steph, you've seen we've watched the team MMA where it's basically just a brawl of like 10 guys fighting. off. Oh, I love that shit. That's the there's, craziest thing I've ever seen. So. The, the <laughs> other one I saw is, is just ridiculous for the purpose of being ridiculous. It's not a ring. It is a very narrow rectangle. So this very narrow rectangle and it's teams of four. And instead of MMA, they're doing kickboxing. But what's really dumb is this ring is extremely narrow and small, and the other team are actually inside the ring, so they're just kind of standing in the corner, and when they come to them, they kind of just like have to like get out of the way and not... It's so weird. So what you're so...
0: telling me, Mark,
3: is this is Marvel versus Capcom
0: 3, and we have a horizontal plane that they're just it... fighting on?
3: it is almost exactly that Stefan except when you get to the wall you see the other partners and they have to like stand there and try not to get it. it's like why and the referee's not it and the other thing is like the referee's not in the ring he's on the outside because the ring's so narrow you can get anywhere you need to be very quickly but it's just weird like why have all these people in the ring at the same t- it's weird I love combat sports
1: <laughs> um Steph, what do you got this
2: week
0: um yeah, just one thing. Um I think Mark mentioned it in the past, but he and I have been talking about it a lot because uh, I kind of binged through um the second season's not done, but I binged through the existing seven episodes of the second season. Um and it comes full circles in terms of recommendations because I think way back when I originally pitched the movie uh What We Do in the Shadows being uh Taiko Waititi Watiti and Jermaine Clement um a flight of con flight of the Concord's fame. And I love those guys. I love their brand of humor. Um, I mentioned Jojo Rabbit was one of my favorite movies of last year. Another Taika TV project. But they adapted it for a TV show version on uh, FX, FXX. I don't know what the difference is. Either way, it ends up on Hulu, which is how I watch it. Um, but yeah, they kind of, they exec produced it and, uh, you know, adapted it for a TV version. Um, and I have to say, of running shows right now, it's the funniest thing I've watched. Um... If we were to do the TV show bracket again, I would make a hard push for this being included in the sitcom bracket. Um, you know, we included Watchmen in the dramas for one grand season, uh, for two and three, or for one and three quarters of a season. Yeah, what we do in the shadows deserves to be in the sitcoms, in my opinion. Um, the show is fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I now know his name, but Matt Barry is a comedic character actor who I've seen in. In a lot of bit roles over the years, and I've always liked the characters he played. Um, he gets to play one of the central, like four uh, characters in this story. So um, just seeing more of him again, the show is fucking amazing. So it's a reason to have
3: Hulu, in my opinion. He is always, like, the same character, which almost just seems like it is just this dude. But it is, just, like, the, the cocky, like, wisecracking con man. But, but that's just, what kind of makes it perfect, is being this ageless vampire. And, like, oh, that's why he's always been the same character. Yeah, uh, not not to the get tangent. on to a tangent, but I was really excited that you were watching it, because I really liked the the Jackie Daytona episode that, that aired, like, two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, I can't wait until Steph sees this. This was a very fun episode. Uh, that also had a Mark Hamill in it and uh the show has a lot of little guest characters that kind of do a really good job.
0: Yeah, holy shit, just the cameos they get. Um it's like basically a who's who of like various comedians, actors all over the place, but um T- Taika is very well loved in Hollywood, so you can totally imagine anyone he calls is like, "Yeah, I'd love to work with you." Um but the sh- the show's fantastic. The Jackie Daytona episode Mark mentioned, I've been quoting it nonstop
2: like since yeah. I. Taika won uh, an Oscar for Jojo Rabbit, right? They got one. I don't
0: remember which one, though. Or at least they were nominated.
3: Yeah, though. I can't I remember. I definitely remember they got nominated. I thought they t- took something home, but... they He did, because I remember someone posted
2: an Instagram video of when he went back to his seat. He didn't know where to put the Oscar, so he just kind of tucked it in the, the chair in front of him. Nice.
1: <laughs> um, Mike, what do you got this week? Uh, so, a few quick
2: things for me. Uh, The first one I like, it's not so much I like. I just thought it was an interesting news article I read earlier today. Uh, There was an 84-year-old alligator which died in the Moscow Zoo. Why am I telling you about an 84-year-old reptile? I saw this.
1: I saw this. It
2: allegedly uh, was rumored to belong to Adolf Hitler. It was uh, rescued in 1943 Mm, from from Berlin. So supposedly it, it belonged to Adolf Hitler. So... You know, a Nazi died in uh, in Moscow somewhere. Uh, the second thing I like this week is this show that I binge watched during this uh, Memorial Day weekend called Upload. It stars uh, Stephen Amell's cousin. Uh, he played Firestorm. In, um,
1: That's not his brother?
2: Yeah, No, it's his cousin.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I thought they were brothers.
2: Played Firestorm, uh, I think first season or second season of Flash. Uh, what the show essentially is, is if you know you're done, di- it's a world where if you know you're about to die, you can upload your whole consciousness into like this server. And uh, it's like a, it's a comedy slash drama um I kept seeing it whenever I went to you know just look for shit on on Amazon. Is, is this
1: is this a Greg Daniels show? Is this what? Getting ads mentioned? for this yes.
2: on Reddit, of all.
1: Things. This is this is the Greg Daniels show. This is the part. Uh, this is the guy from Parks and Rec and The Office's show, right? Right. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, I don't know what pulled me into it. Maybe it was just incessant ads, but I started watching one episode and I was hooked. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked whatever his first name Amol is as a as a lead along with the, uh, the the second lead. Um, can't remember what her name is, but I really enjoyed um, her as, as the love interest. So if you have some time, which I know you do, because we're all essentially still in quarantine, uh, you should uh, give Upload a, a look. And the third thing, which I'm sure Bobby will probably talk about, is that probably for the last two weeks or so, uh, we have spent an inordinate amount of our time Playing uh, the Civilization games, and now that we're starting to get the hang of Civilization Six on the computer and actually play on the internet, uh, enjoying that one as well.
1: I mean, I was mostly going to say uh, people should look into the fact that Epic Games is giving a free game out every week. It sounds like
3: well, they didn't last when week they started.
1: Oh, I thought it was like, because it's like the summer sale or something, or spring sale or some shit. It's, no, GTA 5 was
3: has been giving away games literally since they started, and people still hate the shit out of them. It's very
1: funny. Well, they gave, last week was GTA 5, I mean, the week before was GTA 5, this week was Civ 6. The rumor is that Borderlands might be the one that, is it, did it actually come out the one for today? I don't know if it did yet. Borderlands 3 would uh. be impressive, because that game just came out, but Two or the collections; those are kind of. Good. It might be the collections. Um, I'm trying to see if they actually announced it yet. Um, yeah, but but like unlike PlayStation Plus
3: and some of those other things, like you download those games when they're free and they're yours for life. So I mean, and they they literally been doing that since they started. They're like since they started opening their own game storefront, they've been having free games. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's a fantastic deal, especially if you play on PC.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, they haven't got. I think there's another day before they announce the uh, free game of the week because it still says. Uh, Civ Six, which it's what we've been playing. Um, anyway, yeah, what, Um, good timing. Yeah, it was actually worked out because I saw it. I was just like, oh, oh, okay, uh, let's just do this, and that worked out pretty well. Um, all right. Um, I think that's all we got this week. Um, we thank you guys all for listening. Um, I was gonna talk about Bellator being screwed, but now yes. it's not clear if Bellator screwed. So, whatever. We'll be back next week where we're going to preview Amanda Nunes' title defense against Felicia Spencer. Um, the card actually isn't that bad. It's just probably is not worth 60 bucks is basically what we're telling you. Um, Amanda Nunes, Felicia Spencer, Rafael Sansao, Cody Garbrandt, Neil Magny versus Anthony Rocco Martin, Sean O'Malley, Eddie Wineland, Aljamain Sterling versus Corey Sandhagen, and what you would think is a fucking at least number one contender fight. Alex Caceres against Chase Hooper. Got Formiga versus Alex Perez. Uh Gerald, uh, Gerald Mearshart is on there against Ian Heinish. We're talking about the bottoms of the cards here. So that's happening next week. No one knows where. We don't know it's, where. It's on Fight Island? I don't think Fight... The rumor, by the way, the hot rumor, by the way, is that Fight Island is just going to be that island they, were, they, they built the shit in uh, Dubai. Mm, okay. That's... Which makes more sense and doable at that point, I guess. Um... But that's what I want to do. I want to fly to Dubai to fight. All right, guys. Um, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. It's hard for missing the show next week. We'll be back next week, though. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play Music. We're on everything that's got a fucking RSS feed. Um, and we're on SoundCloud. And if you want to keep SoundCloud alive, I guess you can watch listen there. But none of us care. Um, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was Lavender Gooms. And that was DJ Mark. Uh, thank you all for listening. See you all next week. Peace. See ya.